Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Red Bulletin Podcast. I'm your host, Andreas Georges. Usually, we talk to top performers in the worlds of sports, culture, adventure, and innovation, um, and try and understand the hurdles that they had to overcome. But uh, every other week, we uh, do a little preview podcast where we take, I don't know, about 10 minutes of your time and tell you a story that hopefully provides some content context, excuse me, that in any case teases the interview um, that we're going to have next week. And and this week, actually I should say next week, we've got a great podcast interview. Um, it's a little off our typical topic area. Um, I mean, I guess you could call it culture, couldn't you? It's a performance art for sure. Uh, and the men and women practicing it draw on ancient methods to suspend our belief. We're talking about magicians or illusionists. One of the questions we had was whether magic needed to be rebranded because of the negative associations with it sometimes, sometimes. But in any case, that's not the case with next week's guest is, is fascinating. Um, and for this preview, I wanted to take a short moment to talk about a place in Los Angeles that has been in the news recently following uh, the unfortunate death of a magician on its premises. Um, but it draws on a, on a long, rich history going back to the early 20th century. We're talking about the Magic Castle. Now, for those of you who don't live in L.A., rest assured the existence of a Magic Castle is as puzzling to us locals as it is to you. It's this French chateau-looking, a kind of Gothic Renaissance building. Let's just say it's, it looks quite spooky. It's on a hill just behind what is now the Chateau Marmont. It was built in 1908 at a time when Hollywood was just parched agricultural land by a fellow named Rollin Lane, who was a developer and a newspaper editor. I feel like the two go hand in hand back then. Like, how else are you going to get people to buy into your developments if you don't have a newspaper to market those developments? So uh, in any case, quite the savvy fellow. Uh, in fact, if you go to the castle, you'll see a photo of the building back then. And it's quite eerie, surrounded by all these empty fields. He had plans to turn those vast tracks he owned into ranches and, and orange groves, but a drought cut his plans short. The Lanes lived in the home for about 30 years. His wife was quite the socialite. She would uh, host a lot of parties there. So it became a little bit of a destination. It was written up in gossip columns at the time, etc. But they eventually moved on. Um, it served briefly as a home for the elderly uh, before catching the eye of a young writer on an NBC show whose office looked down on the building and the lot. He was the grandson of a master carpenter. His name was Milton Larson, and he had a builder's eye and an appreciation of the potential of the finely crafted house, which had at that point fallen into disrepair. But his ambitions were a bit bigger than a remodel. So let's dive quickly into a bit of a backstory on Milt. Should we call him Milt? Yeah, Milt, right? Milt. Milton Milt, right? Who would who would use the full name? Hello, Milton. It's more of a Milt, right? Milt, exactly. His father was Bill Larson Sr., a successful criminal attorney with a love of magic so great, he started Genie, the Conjurer's Magazine. And by the way, that's Genie with G-E-N and two I's. Um, our associate producer, Turbo, wrote in the notes for this research that it was one of the world's most respected journals. And I was like, really? More respected than the Harvard Business Review <laughs> or the New England Journal of Medicine? 
Genie? The Conjurer's Magazine? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the, journal, the journal was the physical manifestation of Larson's love for the art, a love that he passed on to his sons. Um, so as Milt gazed down at this building, magic was on his mind. Specifically, creating a sort of a clubhouse for magicians, maybe reviving the Academy of Magical Arts and Sciences, which is kind of a magician's union collective that his father had started and then later kind of folded. In 1960, he and his brother made a handshake agreement with the current owner of the property that they would renovate the place in exchange for living in it rent-free for one year. Now, if they did get the club built up and and going, the owner would get a percentage of the bar and restaurant sales. This is in the middle of what is now Hollywood. And they were able to live rent-free in in a massive mansion in the middle of what is now Hollywood. Uh, The 60s were a hell of a time. I'm not the first person to say that, I'm sure. Over the next couple of years, he and his brother set to work. They, they salvaged uh, woodwork and cabinetry and, and moldings, um, both from the, from the existing mansion, but also from another mansion that was on the sale block and uh, destined for the wrecking ball. And they were able just to, to just clear out choice pieces from there and, and built it into the magic castle. Uh, the castle has like, it's got all these secret doors and, and, and rooms as well. So they definitely, they definitely built it with an eye of mystery. Um, on January 2nd in 1963, they, they finally opened the doors. They'd actually just gotten a liquor license earlier that afternoon. So um, they, they had to scramble to get enough booze. Um, back then, as it is now, actually, only members were granted entrance. And how did you become a member? Well, if you worked with Bill or Milt and were willing to pay 25 bucks a year... You were in. Uh, if you're a magician, the price was $35. Uh, membership fees have climbed along since, of course, with the number of members, which started with 50 and now today numbers more than 5,000. So what still applies? Well, in order to get into the Magic Castle today, you still have to know someone who is a magician or an associate member to let you in. You have to dress up in a tie and a jacket if you're a guy and a nice dress if you're a lady. And once you enter, uh, the kind of the kookiness that is the magic castle uh, reveals itself almost immediately. Uh, There is a bookcase in the lobby that you have to speak into and it swings open. You have to basically go up to it and like in a very kind of like embarrassed, hushed voice (laughs) because you can't proclaim this. You stand in front of this bookcase and you say, open sesame. (laughs) And if it doesn't open immediately, that means you, you 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 didn't say it loud enough. So you have to say it again. And keep in mind, there are people you know paying their cover charge to get in, like milling around about you. So this is a bit kind of a you know awkward, weird moment. But anyway, um, it's a that that bookcase has been in place since the very beginning. Uh, Milt built that in. Uh, it's uh, operates as a you know it's got this complex kind of pulley and lever and uh, and rope system. Also still there is a piano that plays itself, a piano by the name of Irma. And you can go into this kind of parlor-like room. The decoration is everywhere, the decoration there. Think of like heavy wood. Think of, uh, you know, kind of parlors from the 30s and 40s and, you know, mirrors and stained glass window and that sort of thing. And, and, uh, And you can go into this room and you can... 
tell Irma or shout into the room, uh, hey, Irma, play whatever song, and Irma will play it. And um, I, of course, selected Prince's Purple Rain, and Irma played it. And it's it's cool. You know, you you walk into this place, and you're like, okay, this is completely different. It's got some, it's got kind of a kitschy vibe. There's, you know, Disneyland-esque signages. There's, there's... Um, there's areas that are roped off or areas that you need to kind of they, they have like velvet ropes and stanchions where you have to stand in order to get into to a showroom. There's there are 13 stages in all. Um, it's, of course, expanded over the years. Uh, performance showrooms, uh, they have kind of names like the Palace of Mystery and, and things like that. Um, and it's it's got a restaurant up top, uh, which is pricey and the menu is absolutely stuck in the 1960s um far more accommodating than that are the bars uh there are five of them and as you sit there sipping on your old-fashioned uh, magicians are circulating always ready to do kind of like sleight of hand tricks and that sort of a thing uh car tricks taking your phone giving your wallet back that kind of a thing um it's uh it's somewhat cool somehow it's it, in the end it's it's a great experience you know uh, uh the people who perform there um it's it's a it's considered a coveted gig among many in the magic world and so performing there is kind of a big deal and you know you're always going to get a good quality because they require their magicians to go through a performance audition process before even getting admittance into the uh into the the kind of academy of magic arts so it's a bit of a difficult ticket even people who will admit that they're not really into magic will ask their friends if they know anybody who can maybe hook them up and get them in it's kind of a a weird little la insider thing and you know you're probably going to see folks like Katy perry you're going to see folks like jimmy kimmel and you're going to see folks like next week's podcast guest adam trent a magician originally from Denver, Colorado, he really built his career out in L.A. He built it on cruise ships, doing college shows, the college circuit before he landed on Broadway. He's got a new show, the Red Bull TV, called The Road Trick, where he uses magic as his currency to get him around major European capitals, spending most of the episodes, it seems, chatting up um, attractive women and, and showing them magic tricks. He's an incredibly charismatic, incredibly funny guy. We had a wonderful hour together. Um, I hope you join us next week and uh, see you next time. Oh, and I wanted to shout out Gerald Schiller's It Happened in Hollywood, which provided a lot of uh, detail on the origins of the Magic Castle. And, of course, uh, associate producer Ryan the Turbo Thurban for his work in prepping the preview this week. See you next time.